WRSU.org. There are a ton of social networking websites, but one stands apart for a very special reason. This one saves lives. It's MatchingDonors.com. MatchingDonors.com links organ donors with people in need of kidney and other transplants. In the U.S., 22 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most of them for kidneys. If you've ever considered becoming a living organ donor, or if you're someone in need of an organ transplant, visit MatchingDonors.com, home of the greatest gift of all, the gift of life. MatchingDonors.com. When might you be buzzed? When you suddenly love everything. You guys, I love this song. I love these nachos. I love our kickball league. Oh, I love this guy. What's your name? You know what I'd love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzzed warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I love your car. Is this real leather? the corner of my eye I saw a pretty little thing approaching me she said i never seen a man who looks so all alone could you use a little company and welcome back to hour two here on the wednesday crew i'm gideon fox along with brett hahn alex carminati we went through some ruckers talk our locks of the night a little bit of nhl playoff talk but the other playoffs going on right now is the NBA. Guys, thoughts on the NBA? We talked a little bit about it during locks, but what are your thoughts on how they're going so far? Thoughts on games tonight, games from last night? Oh, I tell you, that Sixers game was horrific to watch last night. That was absolutely brutal. They lost by 35, like you mentioned, in your sports cast. And honestly, the way they played, they should have lost by 50. But as a whole, it was brutal last night. Joel, he's injured. I get it. But there was just no spirit. There was there was no spirit at all from this team. Maybe it was because they, uh, you know, uh, there was a rumor that uh, Yoke, uh, uh, Nikola uh, Jokic is going to win the uh, the MVP for a second straight year. Maybe that that set off Joel. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But from start to finish, there was just, it was so lackadaisical. Too many turnovers. Horrible shots. No emphasis. No hurrah. No any you know you know spirit whatsoever in this team. And now they're down three two with the backs against their wall. They got to win this to stay alive, and I'm not sure if, if they can do that with the way they played last night. And yes, Joel, he took that shot to the face. Thankfully, he was okay uh, to get back. Doc Rivers, I get it, you're mad, but that technical, you know, I don't agree with the call. I like how Doc stood up for his player there. The the technical call was a wrong call, but regardless, it didn't make that big of a difference. They still got their butts kicked last night. It was horrific. But uh, and 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 you know we'll see, we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm just again, I'm very cautiously optimistic. I said it last night before the game. I was cautiously optimistic about Game Five. I'm even more cautiously optimistic about Game Six. But um, for the Dallas Star, uh, the Dallas Stars, the, the the Dallas Mavericks, Phoenix Suns, Dallas had the game. They they were up early. They were down by three at halftime, and then. That 17-0 run was unacceptable. I'm sorry. Game five, two to two, the way you knock off Phoenix to get the series even to begin with, sure, you're on the road, but still, how do you let that happen? You can't let that happen where Booker, who's great, don't get me wrong, he goes off the way he did. Aiton had a rebound and put back chance after chance. And the bench for Phoenix also c- contributed. I mean, Shanford had had some nice threes. Bismack Biombo, who was a third uh, third center on the depth chart, came off the bench and put up put up a great game against the Mavericks. And Dallas is what they, they they were taking horrible shots the entire second half. I get it, you're down by ten. Okay, shoot a three, but the way you shot the threes were horrible. I mean, it was brutal to watch last night. I, I mean, just one sided basketball was brutal. Phoenix had the way, and you know Dallas, they're still alive. But they're going to need a miracle, not just to tie games, you know, tie the series with the win game six. If they play like that in game seven in Phoenix, oh my goodness, that's going to be brutal to watch. Yeah. And um, to, kind of, to kind of echo off, you know, the, the Sixers series to start, um, it was confirmed, it was confirmed half an hour ago that Nikola Jokic did indeed win his second MVP award uh, with 875 total points. 
But that's not to knock Joel Embiid's impact on the year. I mean, the guy averaged nearly 30 points, over 14 rebounds, and was a key cog and really is the heart and soul of the Sixers team. I I mean, I've been saying it for the past couple weeks now. The Sixers are going to go as far as Embiid takes them. And and Embiid's hurting. He needs help. James Harden had the 31-point game to even the series, but he hasn't, you know, he, he hasn't been vintage James Harden making you wonder if the rule changes with the, with regards to the shooting fouls is really affecting him more. Um, Brett, he was nowhere to be found last night. I mean, sure. And Bede had a bad game or what have you, but James Harden, they brought him in for a reason. And I mean, he was, he was, he was invisible last night. You couldn't see the guy at all. I mean, he was brutal. He took too many fouls. He had, he had a horrible game. Tyrese Maxey tried, tried to keep things respectable. He even had trouble with it. I mean, Harden was just horrible last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's been, you know, he's been known for his playoff struggles. Yeah. And they're, they're amplified even more so this year when they're yeah. relied upon to – or when he's a relied upon to step up and fill the void that Embiid, like, can't every night with his lingering injuries. And, you know, for, for the Heat to get a, a dominant staple win like that in their own home arena – coming off two tough losses, huge for them. They're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And um, e- even without Kyle Lowry, they showed just how deep their backcourt depth really is. With guys like Gabe Vincent, Max Strus, uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. I mean, they're they're a deep team. I still think they're a little bit overrated. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to die by that until they make the finals. I'm going to have to eat my words, but I, oh. I, I think whoever – they face next round is going to wipe them out. Um, oh, I agree. But, but um, you know, going to the other side of the equation to uh, the Suns Mavericks. Now, the the Mavericks were able to win that last game because they shot a scorching hot percentage from behind the three point line. They started out twelve of their first eighteen, shot over sixty percent for the game, and they're really putting strain on the uh, otherwise dominant Suns defense. Last game, that three-point shot abandoned them. They finished 8 of 32 overall, and they couldn't get their shots going uh, off, of decent, off of decent looks, too. Yep. You know, the Suns made them pay. And, and it's like you were saying before, Alex, also, when you're up 16 points, you can't let your foot off the gas. A 17-0 run in the playoffs is absolutely unacceptable. I, I understand that the Suns have been the best team in the NBA, for the for the, the really the whole season uh-huh. and that they're on another level but it's not like Chris Paul hasn't been dominating you consistently Michael Bridges has been struggling offensively the the best contributions on offense have been coming from Devin Booker DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder mm-hmm. and for the most part the Mavs have done a pretty good job of limiting limiting them to a degree except for Booker Booker's just been on another level this whole no B- Booker's been incredible um, I look I mean Devin Booker is a great player. He's one of the best underrated players in basketball. I mean, the kid's incredible. I mean, the way he's able to light, light, light up a floor at the most crucial time, especially in the playoffs last year and this year, the guy's unbelievable. I mean, he just he's criminally underrated at this point. Yeah, I agree. And 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 the Suns have shown just how dominant they can be when healthy. And you know it. it the, the Mavericks have posed a significant challenge. The depth has definitely stepped up uh, behind Luca to help them out. Um, but the, the question now is, will it be enough to get them over the hump in, in an upset that would surely shock the basketball world? Um, so far, so far, there's no indication. But, I mean, that's, that's playoff basketball, the beauty of it. The series is still way too close. And, and, you know, the Mavericks have played above expectations. I mean, they, they were even expected to lose to the Jazz, but we all know how the Jazz fold in the playoffs every single uh-huh. year. So they, they weren't going to do anything. And, um, you know, the Mavericks even putting up this much of a fight, you know, it's kind of reminiscent in a way of Trey Young's Hawks last, last season. And, you know, it, it, it's really good to see. And both series have been competitive. So, excited to see where it goes. Oh, and, and you know what? I, you know what? Before I, before I uh, forget, I almost forgot, man. The uh, the Celtics Bucks. I mean, this is this is definitely the most even series that I've seen. Um, 
Both teams are really good on the defensive side of the floor. Giannis is Giannis is just a physical freak. I mean, the Celtics are going to have a hard time containing the guy uh-huh. uh, all season. Um, but or all series, excuse me. But you know, in reality, those are the two teams that have the best chance of making it out of the East. So, just just seeing who will come out of that series is still a TBD, and you know, we'll go on to face a Miami Heat team that is struggling with a little bit of health problems and that, you know, it is a little bit vulnerable in some spots, like three-point shooting. Uh-huh. So. Well, look, whoever wins this Celtics series, I think, is, is is going all the way. I said that last night. I've been saying that for a while now. Whoever wins this series, agree. now a best of three between the Celtics and the Bucks is going is gonna to win the championship. I don't care if Phoenix gets there. I don't care if Golden State gets there. These these two teams are the are the top of the crop this year, and the way they've been dueling it out, and the way they've been unbelievably able to make it so close back and forth, even without Chris Middleton, it's remarkable. And these two teams, they know how to beat Phoenix, they know how to beat Golden State, and Milwaukee. I would not be surprised. I mean, I mean, I think in general they're, they're going back to back, but for the Celtics. I wouldn't be shocked if they win the entire thing too, because of how good they've been and how hot they've been since January, at least of 2022. And look, Golden State has the experience, all of that. Phoenix got there last year, but these two teams between the Celtics and Bucks are just, I think, I I think they're much better, and I think they're able to really withhold these Western Conference teams, who either can be great or they can fold pretty quickly. Well, speaking of folding pretty quickly, uh, back here in the studio, I have the Rangers-Penguins game on. And when you guys were talking about the NBA, I was digging around ESPN looking for NBA stories. And less than a minute into the game, the Penguins had a two-man advantage in less than 60 seconds. So, let's talk about folding the New York Rangers. In the first minute of the game? Yes. And and the Rangers just killed it off. But, I mean, that's talk about folding. Talk about a team that's showing their true colors right now. Oh my goodness! How did that happen? What 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 were the penalty calls? I was looking away, um, because I was I was looking for some NBA stories on ESPN, and then I looked up. I was like, oh, I guess the game started. Let's see if anybody had any early shots, and then it's it's killed off now. Um, but yeah, Jeez. not a great start for the New York Rangers. Man, they caught a break that that again Pittsburgh didn't score on that. I mean, and I'm I'm, I'm oh my goodness, Un- unbelievable. Yeah, but I mean, look, looking to the NBA, do, I mean, Carm, I feel like I'm going to know what, what you have to say about this, but Jokic or Embiid, do you think Embiid was snubbed? I mean, now it's official. Absolutely. But. Absolutely. I mean, look, Jokic, a good player. Joel had a historic year, though. The guy won the scoring title for the for a reason last year. And sure, Denver, you, you, you can say similar things about the Sixers when it comes to these two teams. They've got one big center who carries the load and gets them to where they're at, especially without Jamal Murray, especially with injuries for both sides, especially with Ben Simmons being a clown, especially with James Harden going downhill now. You know, both of these guys are the faces of their teams. They, they, they are the franchises for a reason. And the problem with, with this is that they just give it to this guy who had a good season. Don't get me wrong, but they just give it and give it and give it and give it. Last year had a good year. Honestly, I would have gave it to Steph Curry last year. The fact that Steph Curry had record-setting threes to, to take a team that was under 500 and got him to the play in game all by himself, that should have been MVP-worthy right there. I, I would have gave it to Curry in a heartbeat. And, you know, again, you know, more consistent was was uh, was was Jochich, uh last season. But Steph Curry as a whole has always been dominant. And last year, sure, he tore up towards the end, but he was still very good. He was very good all across the board. And he, he was just on another level last year. Same thing with Joel this year. He was on another level this season. I mean, scoring champion, 30 points a game, over 10 rebounds a game. I mean, the problem with guys like this is that, and again, Joel's great, and Jochic is great. They'll take one guy over the other just because of the name or or because the guy won before. So, and again, good players on both sides, but Joel should have had it, man. And Joel's a great player. He's one of the best in the game. 
he is also very criminally underrated because he's a guy who carries the team game in and game out. He's playing with an injury. The man can barely see with a mask on. He has hit. He's got an eye fracture. He has a torn ligament in his thumb. The guy is a warrior, and the guy is playing absolutely insane, except for last night. But in general, you know, the fact that a guy like that puts his heart and soul every single night, time and time again, and that he got snubbed like that for a second straight year, I mean, you 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 can't make this up at this point. And look, Jochic is a great player. He's very similar to Embiid in the way he represents his franchise. And he's a very good three-point shooter, don't get me wrong. But we, we look at a guy that's more valuable, I think, as a whole. And without Joel Embiid, this 76ers team is nothing. You can say the same for Denver, but if you have a healthy Jamal Murray and a healthy Michael Porter Jr., they're still a pretty good team without with, 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 with without the MVP. I just want to point out, too, that Jokic averaged 27 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists. He's the first player ever to hit 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists in a single season. So he he, he had a historic campaign as well. And it, it kind of all goes back to, um, you know, the Nuggets injury problems. I mean, they were without Porter. And, well, Porter, we played a little bit in the beginning of the year, then he was out. And they were without Murray all season. Um, but, I, I mean, who else did Jokic have? Jokic had... Who else did Joel have? Let's be honest here. What? Ben Simmons, who had a tamper tantrum uh, every time you turn around? I mean, the guy was just a cancer for the franchise. And sure, sure, Maxi was going towards the end of the year when they brought in Harden midway. But in general, who did Joel have for most of the season? I mean, he had Maxi. He had, uh, he had Harden in the middle of the season, like you were saying. I mean, Georges Niang was putting up solid contributions off the bench. Um wasn't consistent though. Matisse Thibel is one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, if not the best. Um, I mean, he. I'm not saying I'm not saying they had a lot of like high high volume scores. I think the sure. only other high volume score that they had was Tyrese Maxey's emergence this season. Right. Um. But but, you know, th- this all goes back to the age old debate: Should the MVP based off of t- be based on the team's uh, place in the standings? Right. Or should it be based off overall team impact? Now, you can argue that Jokic had the same level of impact on his team that Embiid did on his, but Embiid had the higher seed going into the playoffs. Right. So should Embiid have been rewarded for winning more games and putting his team in a better position than Jokic, who willed his team to the playoffs? No, no, not at all. I don't know. No, I mean – I mean, look, look, it's a fair argument. It's always thrown in that category, that conversation time and time again. I don't think so. Brett, I said last year, you know, Steph Curry should have won the MVP, and Steph Curry got knocked out in the first round in the uh, in the uh, the play-in tournament. He barely got his team to the play-in to begin with. So a guy like that, and compared to uh, to Denver, which which they were a top-five team last year, guaranteed they were six this season, and, and you know, the Sixers were still top-five. I mean, that should have no impact whatsoever. But when we look at especially the way, you know, Joel has played consistently season after season, regardless of what the team, what seed the team is, and how Joel is just constantly underrated and criminally snubbed every time we turn around, they just, I mean, I mean, at this point, I mean, they're they're just saying, okay, we're, we're blindfolded, but, but we can still see with one eye and pick the guy we want. I mean... Again, a good player, don't get me wrong, but how does this just happen again and again, and, and especially that it's a leak like that? I mean, it must have been unanimous if, if it was a leak like that. How can this be a unanimous decision where you've got Joel and Jochik bat- you know, battling out time and time and time again, and when we look at the games, you know, when these guys face off, sure, Denver might have beaten Philly this season, but at the same time, I mean, Joel, man. I mean, he's 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 more vital to the Sixers than 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 Nikola is to Denver. I really believe that, and in a way that is just so criminally underrated, Joel and B. I mean, it's just it 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 is painful at this point that a guy like that just gets snubbed time and time again. And yes, he's always in the conversation. He's always here. He's always there. But is he just a mention? Or is a guy, or or is he a guy you actually care about? Is he a guy who actually 
is actually that good, which he is. Is he a guy you see as worthy of this? Obviously not for whatever reason, and it's a darn shame. Yeah, and I mean, Embiid's, going back a little bit to what you're saying, Carm, the injury last night to Embiid was, I felt a little, I don't even think, I mean, sure, I know that he's playing with that orbital fracture right now, but it looked like he hit himself in the face. Like, it looked like it was it was somewhat self-inflicted. If you watch the replay, um, the ball was coming down. I think of, it might have been a Heat player who might have got a piece of it. I don't, I, I personally have to watch it one more time to tell you. But from what I recall last night, I recall that it was a rebound. I think a Heat player got a piece of the ball, and as he got a piece of the ball, the ball ricocheted into Embiid's face. Now, it wasn't intentional, I'm sure. But from what I recall, I believe a Heat player got a piece of it and then hit Embiid in the face. I could be right, I could be wrong, but that's what I remember at least. Okay, because, I mean, he's the he's the only way that the Sixers – move past this round and now even that oh, he's back it doesn't even look like that's that's still a possibility you know i mean last night was they 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 had the doors blown off that's that that's one way to put it i mean it was it was a massacre last night it was just brutal it was it was painful to watch i mean it was it was horrific it was absolutely horrific last night and again you know there there've been plenty of bad sixer games to begin with that's the worst Sixer game I might have ever seen in my entire life. Now, again, there, there there are many others, but that one was pretty bad. That one was up there. Do you think there's any chance they come back in the series? I hope, man. Again, I'm very cautiously optimistic. I really hope so. Right now, I don't think so. I think they're done. I, I think it's over and, you know, bye-bye. But they, they, they have somewhat of a chance. If they can rally a win and force game seven – they, they, they have an opportunity. But again, with the way that I saw them play last night and the way how, again, Miami has the home court advantage, especially I'm not too optimistic. I'm very cautious about what's going on. And honestly, I think it's over by, by, by game six. I don't see them winning tomorrow night. Do you think there's any, like, is it barring a miracle that they win or do you think there's a way that the Sixers could actually conceivably win? There's a, I mean, again, there's a possibility if, if you know, if Joel can really step up his game again, and also if James Harden can follow suit. You know, James Harden, like Brett mentioned, had 31 points in Game Four. Where was that last night? Especially when Joel was struggling. When Joel wasn't there, where was James Harden to begin with? So it's not just you know having to you know rely more on Joel and get that spark going. It's also these other guys really have to step it up. And sure, look, Harden's playoff history has not been the prettiest, but the point is, is that. This is a this is a, a defining moment, not just for the team season, but personally for his career. Whether or not he can actually be a successful piece to a team that's on the rise and trying to com- make this comeback. I mean, as a whole, again, they, I mean, they have a chance, they have the opportunity. It's just, are they actually going to put the pieces together? And right now, from what I saw last night, I don't think so. Yeah, and I mean, last night was it was rough to watch. It was brutal. It was brutal. I mean, I mean, I was better off watching a dog show last night. Seriously, I mean, I mean, it, it was horrible. You know, I I was better off watching the Westminster dog show last night or whatever it is. I mean, it was just it was brutal to watch last night. It was horrible. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's still good games on. It's still been an entertaining playoffs. Oh sure, don't get me wrong, but and and look, I mean, again, Celtics and Bucks tonight. That that's the game to watch out for for sure. Again, that wh- whoever wins that series is probably going to win the championship. I have no doubt in my mind. And sure, Golden State's on, on a high right now. Phoenix, we'll see what they do going forward. But in my my mind is sold on on either the Bucks or the Celtics to go all the way. And it's been sold on the Bucks for the entire year. It's more sold on the Celtics with the way that they they've been turning things around as of late. So either team is going to be w- winning the title this year. I've I've got. I've got no doubt about it. No doubt at all. Well, that's a lock right there. Be tough, is, though. Hey, call it a lock. Call it a lock of the week. Call it a lock of the month. Call it a lock of the year. Call it whatever you want. I'm, I guarantee it because these two teams are, you know, they're battling out. They're balling out. Whoever wins that series will represent the Eastern Conference in the final. 
And yeah, say what you want about Golden State, but or Phoenix, but like Giannis has been just has been the Greek freak for a reason for the past year plus. Boston's been unbelievable this year. They can really turn it up at the right exact moment, whether it's you know wh- whoever the opponent is. So just as a whole, you know, the way these two teams have been so consistently good, especially post, you know, from January forward. I mean, it's just remarkable. And keep in mind, Chris Middleton's out right now. But if the Bucs win the series, Chris Middleton most likely will be back for, for either the conference finals and definitely the finals if they get there. And Chris Middleton last year was really the, besides Giannis, of course, was the key difference maker in how the Bucs won the championship last year. Middleton got them to the finals. Giannis won them, won them the finals. But in game three, the way Milton played in that game three kept Milwaukee alive to win the series the way the way they did. I mean, I mean, again, this team is incredible, and for and and for the Celtics, their time is now. Their time is right now, sadly. And you know, whether it's Tatum or Brown or Al Horford or whoever else you want to put in there, they know how to win at the right moment, and they know they know how to do damage at the right moment. They know how to do it, and I'm sure they will. Yeah, and we'll have to see. I mean, that's a close game right now, but we'll see what happens with that. What's the score? Um, in that game right now, it is 19 to 18, Bucks in the lead. But, I mean, there's plenty of game left. Only 236 oh, of left course. in the first. But, I mean, I mean, again, it's going to be, you know, a one or two point swing possibly. And sure, you know, the, the first two games were way out of hand, but – the, you know, in this best of three, when stinks are on the line, expect each game to be finished by five points or less. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would expect that. Absolutely. But with that, we're going to step aside, take a quick break, get a sports cast in, and after that, we'll be back for the final half hour of the Wednesday crew. You're listening to WRSU FM New Brunswick and streaming live at WRSU.org. I am Gideon Fox, and this is your 730 Sportscast. In Rutgers news, the university announced it will build lights and a video board at Baton Field, home of the Rutgers baseball team, for the 2023 season. The Scarlet Knights sit amongst the best teams in the Big Ten with a 37-12 and record. Their final home series is this Friday and Saturday against Bowling Green. In the NHL, the Blues took a 3-2 series lead over the Wild with a 5-2 win last night. The Hurricanes also took a 3-2 lead in their series with the Bruins. The Maple Leafs capped off their comeback with a win over the Lightning. Toronto leads the series 3-2. In a nail-biter overtime victory, the Kings took a 3-2 series lead over the Oilers. Tonight, the Rangers look to stay alive against the Penguins at Madison Square Garden. Current score is 1-0 Pittsburgh, who also holds a 3-1 series lead. The other NHL game tonight is the Capitals and Panthers, who are tied at 2. Puck drop is set for just minutes from now. On the hardwood, the Suns outshine the Mavericks last night, winning 110-80. Phoenix now has a 3-2 series lead. After gaining a 3-2 series lead, also getting a 3-2 series lead was the Heat. They beat the 76ers by 35. In a in game five of their series, the Celtics host the Bucks. At last check, the score was 24-22 for Milwaukee. Earlier today, the Yankees took down the Blue Jays 5-3 and taking both games in a, in a short series. New York moves on to play the White Sox tomorrow. Right now, the Mets and Nationals, the Mets trail the Nationals early in the game. The Phillies wrapped up a 4-2 win against the Mariners earlier this evening. They play the Dodgers starting tomorrow. And this has been your 730 Sportscast. Keep it tuned to WRSU FM New Brunswick for more from the Wednesday crew. RSU FM. And welcome back for the final 26 minutes of the Wednesday crew. Getting Fox along with Brett Hahn and Alex Carminati. Guys, things are not looking so good for the New York Mets right now. Uh, I have the Mets game on in the background. and You know, the, the Mets started off hot, top of the first. Where you know they scored three, they scored three runs off of some really clutch base hitting and a Pete Alonso two run homer, and now we're in the bottom half of the first. Still, you know, Tyler McGill has been pretty good all season, but he's been roughed up for three runs. There's only one out, runners in the corners, 
And the problem that I have with him is he racks up pitches really fast. Can't find the strike zone. And he's up to 30 pitches already now. And he, I, I mean, you, you knew he was going to get roughed up eventually. But th- this, is, this is brutal. I mean, the, the game is tied. Um, but but McGill, McGill needs to find a way to hit the strike zone consistently because he – I'm watching him throw breaking ball after breaking ball on the outside, corner in the dirt, you, you name it. He's only able to locate his fastball this whole game so far. So, oh, man, the, the, the Mets always know how to make things interesting, and this has been a high-scoring first inning so the far. The amazing Mets, pal. There you go. The Mets, you know, I, I mean, I mean, look, 20 wins, whatever it is, say what you want. Yeah, it's one game guaranteed. I'm telling you, this team is this team is not going to be as good as good as people make it to be. And sure, say whatever you want about the Mets or what have you. I'm telling you, by June 15th, they're going to be under 500. I made that bet with David Palumbo. By June 15th, they'll be under 500, and by no the trade one. deadline, they'll be selling. No, there's no, no, man. Come on. Yeah. Put some respect. <laughs> like, nah, they're no, not no, under no. 500. No, the yeah. Mets are a joke. The Met, I mean, it's, it's incredible. No, they are. I mean, you know, they're they're your fun team that 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 you like to make fun of, and when they mess up, you laugh, and when they do good, you 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 feel happy for the guys. Sure, fair enough. But I mean, I mean, look, I mean, Brett, I get it. Mets, the Jets, the Rockets. It's been a brutal time. I understand that completely, but I hate to make your sorrows feel even harder. The Mets are not going anywhere this year, pal. I'm sorry to tell you that. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, they're they're not going to be under five hundred that quickly. Hey, we'll see. But I mean, I mean, look, look, say what you and and again, McGill's a good pitcher. He's having a good year so far. Don't get me wrong, but he's got over thirty pitches in one inning already. I mean, that's jeez, and it's three three. I mean, sure, the bats are helping out. Don't get me wrong, but you can't begin a game like that. I mean, that that's that's brutal right there. But again. I could be right. I could be wrong. I don't know. We'll see what takes place. But the Mets are a team who you can always predict that that is going to slide downwards once the season really gets into its grind. And sure, they can start 10-1 or have 20 wins or do whatever they want. Um, but by the time June, July, August, September comes around, we see the Mets for who they really are. And sure, they've been able to make the playoffs here and there. But after that World Series appearance, they've not been back there since for a reason. And, you know, and and sure, great team that was. The way they shocked the world and got there, that was very impressive. But the Mets pulled the Mets in the World Series even, you know. And how they were able to blow that too, you know, it wasn't the prettiest. But again, we'll see what happens with the Mets. You never know what could take place. They could do it. They could not do it. I just, again, w- with what history tells me, and from what we expect and see from the Mets every single year, you know, I'm not, I'm not too high, high on the Mets. Sure, they, they can start with 20 wins or what have you, but I don't, I don't see it going into, in, into a World Series front. I mean, it's – I, it's still it's still too early in the season. I feel no, like it is. Any, it is. any predictions about anything in the fall just stands no stands nothing right now. No, no, no. It's fair. You're not wrong. But as a whole, you know, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, it's just the Mets are the Mets. What do you expect? And look again, I could be right. I could be wrong. This could be a whole new Mets revelation. I've got no idea. But um. And again, if they do it, if they're able to stay consistent, be, be a top-notch team, and eventually make a run for a World Series and maybe win a World Series, I'll give them all the credit. Heck, Brett, Brett, I'll make a deal with you right now. Oh, here if we the go. the Mets win the World Series, I'll buy you a Mets jersey. How does that sound to you? Uh, that sounds great. If the Mets win I'm the in. World Series, a jersey on me. All right. I accept your offer. Well – well, I accept your offer as the Nationals scored their fifth run of the inning. But, <laughs> um, but um, hey. hey, it's an offer nonetheless. Hey, hey, again, the offer is out there, pal. I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, again, 
I just again, I've got I've got no faith in the Mets. I've got no faith in the Mets. And again, I'm I'm not a Mets fan, but but just from what we know of the Mets, from what we expect from the Mets, from what we see from the Mets time and time again, I expect nothing much. If I mean again, a playoff run or a playoff appearance could be possible. And again, it's still very early, but like anything past that is very too far of a stretch. And let's keep in mind Atlanta is still a good team. They're still legit. And they're the top team of, of, of that weak division. And maybe it's a battle towards the death between the Mets and the Braves for whoever wins that division. But at the end of the day, Atlanta's got the experience. They've got the ability. They're a better team altogether. And if you really put the two teams together, I'm taking the Braves any day of the week over the Mets. I mean, I mean, how yeah. is? Do you think it's it's we're deep enough into the season to to make claims like that? I mean, Absolutely no, not. we're not. But at the same time, it's New York Mets, and we know what to expect from the New York Mets because we know how awful they end up becoming and how downhill they go once the season really gets into full swing. Now nah, you know so, what to expect of the Wilpon Mets. This is the Uncle Steve era, baby. Like, well, I mean, the Uncle Steve era. Well, I saw the, the new Uncle era, Steve man. era last year, and it 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 wasn't that pretty. Yeah, but I mean, he he had to get rid of years and ineptitude. That's and fair. Look, money, hey, money, money made it a quick fix. But hey, hey, if if Uncle Steve Cohen can get the job done and the Mets, you know, are able to keep this run going, okay, good for them. But I again, it's very early. I just I don't see it happening. Whether it's uh, Steve Cohen, whether it's the coupons, whether it's whoever the owner is. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, I mean, again, the Mets fall, fall, fall like a cheap suit. And, you know, what, what, when we look at this Mets team, sure, Lindor's having a good start. Alonzo, you know, him, say McNeil, whoever you, you want to put in there. DeGrom is now put on the 60-day IL. That, that, that makes somewhat of a difference. And Max Scherzer is starting pretty good so far this year. So, yeah. yeah, they've got the pieces. It's just the Mets have had the pieces time and time and time again but it leads to nothing. It led to a World Series appearance, and they lost that in five games. So, you know, I just, I just, I, I'm never optimistic with the Mets. And maybe that's just me because I'm from New York and I don't like the Mets or I've seen the Mets time and time again. And I've been used to, to I've been seeing depressed Mets fans my entire life. Maybe that as well. But the point is, is that, um, no, the Mets, the Mets are, they're not legit. They're, they're not legit. I don't, I, I don't buy Steve Cohen. I don't buy anything they do. And at the end of the day, I expect misery. I expect a bad year towards the end. And again, it's very early, but if, if they make the playoff, that's a miracle for the Mets. I mean, we'll see. Still plenty of time before that. We're going to take our last break of the show, just 17 minutes to go quick break and when we come back some more sports talk from the Wednesday crew that you're listening to on 88.7 WRSU FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org and welcome back to the Wednesday crew last 15 minutes here from New Brunswick I'm Gideon Fox joined by Brett Hahn Alex Ramonati was with us before but he had a run so just be me and Brett to round out the show Brett you've said it multiple times you're a huge Mets fan What's what's your outlook for the season? Is tonight an indication of what's to come, or is tonight just a fluky game? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to make any outlandish claims. Um, I mean, Tyler McGill is he's a young arm. Um, he's as as I mentioned earlier, he's had trouble locating his off speed pitches all year. I mean, he was bound to have a regression at some point. Um. But Jacob DeGrom getting moved to the 60-day IL was more of a formality. He's still supposed to come back at the end of June, like early July. Um, so should have him back like sooner rather than later. And this team, this Mets team is is different in terms of its approach to at-bats. Now, we've seen the Mets for many years under the, uh, the coupons, as Alex calls them, and just in general being built for, for power the home runner bust offense. And, and and that can only get you so far. The Mets this year have been a team that's, you know, been top in the NL and batting average. They got uh, legit speed options for the first time since prime Jose Reyes. And 
And um, they they just been a really doing a really good job on the defensive side of things too. Like Brandon Nimmo had an amazing throw out last night that saved the run in the comeback effort. Um, J- Jeff McNeil has been exceptional. And and this Mets team, they're they're most importantly, they're fun to watch. They've already had two late inning comebacks with the seven run ninth against the Phillies. And then they had the game against the Cardinals as well, where they made up I think it was four runs that they scored in that top of the ninth to come back and win. So this yeah. is a different team. I'm not ready to crown them anything yet because I'm gonna be cautiously optimistic. But the claim of them not making the playoffs or them not at least contending for the NL East is asinine. Like they're definitely going to be in the conversation for the, at least the division. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's only May. There's so much that could happen. Right. Right. And, and, and you know, if, if all goes well, the subway series, because the last time the subway series happened was, you know, 2000, 2001, 2000, 2001. I mean, I was a year old. Like, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, you, so, just, you grow up hearing I wanna, about it. But... I want to see one I can remember. No, absolutely. And I mean, this year would be a great year to have it. The Yankees off to an, like, a great start. Winning these last two games against the Blue Jays was huge, um, especially yesterday when things were pretty much all said and done until Aaron Judge stepped up to the plate. Yeah, and Jordan Romano walked two batters get two guys on base and then Aaron judge with the monster uh, skyrocket of a home run for his first career walk-off, you know, was, was, was cool to see. It, it was a little bit of mixed emotions from my perspective. Cause I, you know, as, as a fantasy baseball player that has both Romano and judge on the same team. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> having, ha- having Romano get the negative 17 points was lessened a little bit by Aaron judge's home run. But hitters don't score as much as pitchers, so it's definitely definitely tough to see. I also don't like the Yankees at all, but you know you have to give respect where respect's due. Aaron Judge is going to get the bag this season, and he, he he's shown time and time again when healthy that he's an absolute force for the Yankees and one of their most important hitters in that lineup. Oh yeah, I mean when healthy, absolutely. And that that was what was surprising last night was once, you know, I I because I had turned off the game. I was actually in the studio watching the game with Dylan Allen, and we we're like, okay, like, um, it was the bottom of the eighth. There were two guys on. I think it was runners on the corners, two outs. Uh, Glaber, it was oh, I don't remember who was up to bat. Um, and we're like, okay, like we're gonna go after this inning because it's it's gonna be done. It's you know it'll be done either way. It ended. I forgot who was up to bat, but they struck out. And we're like, okay, well, you know, there's there's always tomorrow. Uh, and then I look at my phone like half an hour later, and I was like, the Yankees win. Like Aaron Judge had a walk-off. And once I got over the shock of just winning that game, I was I, I was shocked to know that that was Judge's first walk-off like you brought up before. I was not really expecting that. No, no. And, you know, it's it, it's definitely surprising for a guy of Aaron Judge's stature, a guy who's known for known for his power to only have that one career walk-off to his name. But – but Aaron Judge, I mean, like Aaron Judge is so much fun to watch. He's he's an awesome player. Um, the Yankees, I mean, are off to a scorching hot start. So I'm uh, curious to see whether they can keep it up because the NL or not NL, excuse me, the, the AL East is very competitive. Um, I mean, minus the minus the Orioles and the so far disappointing Boston Red Sox, you got. You got the Yankees, uh, Blue Jays, and are the Rays your guys' division too, or am I thinking of a different division here? Yep, yep, the Rays are in there. The Rays are, right. Okay, yeah, but you got three teams that are considered playoff teams in that in that uh, league. So it's, it's going to be highly competitive all year. And, you know, ju- just for the sake of the Subway Series, I would love to see the Yankees get there. So. Yeah, and you know there's still a lot of time left in the season, like we keep we keep saying. But the Yankees have won, I think, four out of the last five games they played against the Blue Jays, and it's kind of propelled the Yankees up in the standings. Like now, the Yankees first in the AL East. The Rays are behind them, but they're four and a half games back. 
So building into that spread between the Yankees and Rays is going to be huge. And I don't know when the next Yankees Rays series is going to be, but that's going to be very fun to watch. Yeah, and the and the Rays kind of sputtered out of the gate too in their first couple series, but lately their bats have really picked picked it up. Um, Wander Franco has been one of the game's best shortstops so far this season. I mean, they gave him a lot of money in the offseason. He's lived up to that bill so far. Uh, Manuel Margot has you know been one of the better outfielders in the American League so far. Has a very hot bat. Uh, he, he did get injured running the second base uh, the other night, so he hasn't played in a couple days. But he's, you know, he, he's a guy that's uh, – he, he had a three three straight games with the homers earlier this week – this last week and this week. And ha- has been one of the keys for them in the center of that lineup. Brandon Lowe, um, pitchers, pitchers Shane McClanahan. Uh, they just got Ryan Yarbaugh back. Like I, I, I'm missing other guys. There's Drew, Drew Rasmussen. I don't know. Drew Rasmussen. Rasmussen. I, I don't know. For lack of better pronunciation, has been another young arm that stepped up. Um, and and these this is a raised rotation that you know Tyler Glasnow is still trying to work his way back from his major injury, and they lost uh, Luis Patino at the beginning of the year as well, who was on the 60 day IL. So. It was up to their young arms to step up, and they've answered the call so far. So the Rays are going to be a team to keep an eye on. And, you know, for, for the Blue Jays as well, I mean, they've gotten great contributions from uh, from their starters. Um, from, from I mean, the hitting is low. Lineup is absolutely loaded. And Jordan Romano, despite the blown save last night, I mean, has still converted 12 of his 14 opportunities and is one of the better closers in the American League. So... Uh, very exciting stuff coming out of that division. Yeah, and looking at the Rays right now, they dropped their last two um, because they, they were playing the Angels. They got blown out, like double-digit blowouts. Um, now they're up one nothing against the Angels, but that kind of brings up the next question is the Angels are just – I feel like we were talking before about like the Colorado Avalanche in the NHL. I feel like the Angels are like that in the MLB. It's like, well, when are you going when, when to get some hardware? Right, you have Shohei Otani, you have Mike Trout, but when are you going to see the reward for that? Yeah, and and you know, um, we we kind of we were diving into this at the end of yesterday's crew a little bit too. Um, the, the the hitting lineup in years past has been Mike Trout, and you know who else? Right, Albert Pujols didn't live up to his contract, wasn't really you know wasn't consistent. And they didn't have anybody else around them. I mean, they had Cole Calhoun for a couple of seasons. That's not a guy you you have to have as your number two hitter in order to be successful. Um, but this year, we've really seen a lot of guys step up. I mean, you got Shohei Otani now, who's like who's the two way force. Uh, Anthony Rendon has started off pretty solid. Um, Mike Trout does Mike Trout things. No surprise there. If he stays healthy, he could be in the contention for another AL MVP. Um, got. You got Taylor Ward, who's been killing it. Brandon Marsh, who's been killing it. And and going over to the, the pitching side of things, I mean, rookie Ross Detmers just threw the first no-hitter of the season yesterday. I mean, they, they won 12-0, absolutely dominated. And and on top of him, they got, you know, they got Thor, one of my favorites. I'm sad the Mets let him go, but, you know, He's been injured for so long that he's lost a little bit of zip on that fastball. He's still good at getting the uh, ball in play. Um, Shohei, as I was mentioning, has been really efficient as a pitcher. And Patrick Sandoval, a young guy who we've been waiting on to take the next step, has so far been breaking out. So L.A. is looking a lot deeper than they have in years past so far. And I think this is the year where they can finally get to the playoffs. Do you think they'll make a deep run? And it's it's way too early. I'm I'm fully of the of the school of thought that May is too early to be you know predicting the finals in the World Series. But do you think that the Angels this is their year to make a run? Yeah, I mean this is uh, th- there's definitely been pressure on them for a while. I mean, right. M- Mike Trout needs to win some hardware, uh, not hardware. Excuse me, he needs to win a championship. Um, and 
having the best player in baseball be productive for that long and just the conversation being centered around wasting a player of that caliber his entire prime. Um, the time is of the essence to win one. Um, do I think they're going to win? I, I'm also along the same school of thought as you, uh, Giddy. You know, I, I'm not going to even touch the subject because the MLB is like – the MLB is a streaky game, and the team you – don't expect to win the whole thing ends up winning. Like look at the Braves last year. They started 14 to 17, just like they are this year. And they won their first world series championship since 1995. So, right. I mean, that's a, that's a perfect example of, of the MLB and you know, the unpredicted, the, you know, you can't predict things this early out. No, no, it's such a momentum based game. And you know, it, it, it it's all up to who's, who's got the hot bat. Like, 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 if you look at that Braves team again, you know, you have Jorge Soler won the World Series MVP. The guy, the guy hadn't been hitting for average all season, but in the playoffs, he, he, he hit well above the Mendoza. I think he hit in the three hundreds, like three sixty, and the guy had like nine postseason home runs. So, I mean, it's it's so contingent upon getting hot at the right time that I, I can't even sit here and tell you whether the Angels will even make the playoffs or not. I just think with the way the team is structured, if they stay healthy, they should have no problem. But it's a long season. Too early to tell. Yeah, oh my God. It's, 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 it's a long season. As we know, as Yankees and Mets fans, you could go into the season without any injuries, and then your entire lineup just gets chopped up at various points of the year. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, look at the Mets, man. The injury bug has been plaguing this franchise forever, forever. So far this year, I mean, it's all, thankfully so far, it's only DeGrom. I'm going to knock on wood while I say that because I don't want to jinx anything here. But um, just, you know, staying healthy is so key. And, you know, it's something that hasn't been on the Mets side for years. So that that's really the key to making a difference as well. Yeah, and that's one of those things. You, I mean, you can't even control it. Like, it's if people get hurt, people get hurt, which is, you know, it's frustrating. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it, it's the most infuriating thing as a fan because then, then all the haters start coming in and you're like, listen, man, like, we have the injury bug. Like, you know, if we were healthy, this and that and this and that, and the way, you know, results, results um, take over uh, for, you know, results take over that, that's a bad way to phrase it there there's no excuses um I, I mean you you can as a fan sympathize with a team more so uh you know because of the injuries but if you're an outsider like looking in or you like are looking more so over like the broad history of the franchise and all you see is just them having another bad season it's like oh it's the same old same old Mets it's like this is, it's like with the Jets and football you know like Jets have been abysmal since uh, since Mark Sanchez, and even Mark Sanchez's quarterback play was nothing to be proud of. So it's the same old Jets narrative until they turn it around. Like they may have had a really good draft, but they um they they have a lot to prove, and the Mets are the same way in the MLB. So we'll we'll see if they'll be able to live up to the bill, or if the pundits are going to be correct once again. And we'll leave it on that cliffhanger. This has been the Wednesday crew, Gideon Fox, Brett Hahn, Alex Carmenati.